More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate you being here. Phone lines are open, 800 282 2882 that's 800-282-2882 take some calls later on in the hour we've been trying to uh dive in for a little bit here with all of the latest on the california recall and it's a big deal right we already had governor cuomo of new york resign because of well sexual harassment not being terrible at COVID, even though he was terrible in COVID. But Gavin Newsom is a close second, perhaps, to being the worst governor in the country on COVID. You could certainly make the uh, the argument that he might even be the worst. Uh, well, the worst after Cuomo, I think you'd have to say, because of the nursing home debacle. That would be fair, and we like to be fair here. We are joined by our friend Liz Wheeler. She's the host of Liz Wheeler's show. She's a Californian, and she's got a lot to tell us about where this whole recall effort stands. Liz, thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. All right. So first off, how, how do we get here? I mean, this guy I, probably had a little Cuomo envy back in the day because he wasn't getting quite the love that Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York was. But that went from liberals holding him up as the great Golden State hero of the pandemic to now he might lose his job before his term is up. What brought us to this point? Right. And, and what's worse here? is he might lose his job, and it's not just a matter of Republican voters trying to reject a Democratic governor. These are voters from across the aisle, Democrat and Republican, liberal and conservative, who are fed up. I mean, this is this is a guy, this is a hypocrite who went out dining at the French Laundry when he had shut down uh, restaurants that resulted in 14,000 restaurants across the state closing permanently, never able to reopen their doors. He sent his children to private school um, when he was forcing kids across the state to go uh, to go to Zoom school. I mean, this guy, this guy is terrible. And, you know, it, it is interesting to see how we got here. But what's scarier, I think, is to look at what this election means, not just for California, but for our country. Because I think, and I, I'm sorry to say this in a sense, but I think that this 
recall is a bellwether for our entire nation, not just a bellwether for how the American people, the citizens of states and the citizens of our country will react in the face of these tyrannical mandates, these lockdowns, these dictates that we face. At what point are they going to say stop? It's not just a bellwether of our limits. It's a bellwether that politicians are going to use as a gauge of how far they can push us. And we see examples of that in California, I think. Right now, up in Sacramento, the Democrats are underhandedly, uh, basically sneakily planning a vaccine mandate bill, which they claim is necessary to save lives, but they're not going to push this until after the recall election, which obviously contradicts their claim that it's intended to save lives. Because if it was intended to save lives, they'd push it right now. But they know it's unpopular with the people on both sides of the aisle. So they're waiting, hoping Gavin Newsom uh, will win this recall election. And then they can feel that they can be unleashed. Their tyranny knows no bounds because the people won't push back. That, I think, is one of the most critical things that we have to examine when we're talking about California. Liz, appreciate you coming on. This is Clay. You know this race is getting a lot tighter than anybody anticipated when Larry Elder's past starts getting covered in excruciating detail, and the L.A. Times called him the black face of white supremacy, which is an unbelievable headline that is real for the biggest newspaper in the state. How real do you think the chances are that Larry Elder wins, and what are you seeing in terms of underhanded tactics to try to keep that from happening? Well, I think that that's a question that we should ask Gavin Newsom because clearly Gavin Newsom is scared or he wouldn't be out there in the streets uh, sweeping up. And I'm not going to paint the analogy here, but if anyone wants to assume that maybe he's trying to sweep up the refuse that he's left in his in the wake of his policies, then, you know, go for it. Make that analogy. But Gavin Newsom himself is scared. This is not just conservatives getting fired up. This is a Democrat governor who thinks he's going to lose. He's so afraid that he comes off as out of touch and elitist that he's going out pretending to clean up after the homeless, having a, you know, a crew, a news organization follow him around trying to write a glowing, a glowing recommendation or a glowing profile on him about how much he cares. This guy knows he's going to lose and he should lose. I mean, he's presided over just abysmal policies in California, which those of us in California have known for a long time, but it's become clear to everyone during COVID. I mean, look at the school system, for example. Gavin Newsom is in bed with the teachers unions. The teachers unions in California, the Los Angeles United Teachers, the president of that um, of that teachers union, says that learning loss, children not being able to attend school, she said that's a myth. It's not a thing because even if babies didn't learn their timetable, these are her words, not mine, they learned the words coup, they learned the words insurrection. That is who Gavin Newsom is in bed with. So when we see these schools that are either shut down or they're mandating masks or they're kowtowing to teachers unions, um, essentially hostage demand lists of radical leftist policies in order to reopen schools. That's who Gavin Newsom supports. That's what he's a part of. And he's been advising the Democrats, going back to the other topic, he's been advising the Democrats in the state capitol on how to uh, craft these vaccine mandate policies on how to gut and amend the transportation bill that's in the California legislature right now that transportation has been removed from and replaced with vaccine mandates. He He's guilty of all of this, and the people of California know it, and they don't like it. We're speaking to Liz Wheeler, host of the Liz Wheeler uh, podcast, formerly of One America News. Liz, how close are the polls saying this is going to be, and what are going to be the deciding factors as people go and cast their votes in this recall? I mean, what, what are some of the the, the different aspects of this that are going to determine whether Gavin Newsom's political career lives to fight another day. 
Yeah, so the polls, I think, unfortunately, as much as we love to parse through polls, the polls have such widely differing um, results right now. It's a little bit hard to tell. In June and July, there were polls that showed it was about even, about an even number of people wanted to recall Gavin Newsom versus not recalling him. A recent poll shows that it's not, it's not quite as close as that. But it, it's a little bit hard to tell. We do know that 21 percent of eligible registered voters, I should say, in California have already cast their ballots. Um, that means the vast majority of people have not. The vast majority of voters in California have not. And that, that's another issue that I would that I would bring up. Gavin Newsom unilaterally decided to send over 20 million ballots unsolicited. These are mail in ballots to registered voters in California. That's unprecedented. I mean, at a time, especially when so many Republicans are concerned about election integrity, concerned about voter fraud, concerned about whether their votes are being diluted by fraud, to have a governor during a recall send out 20 million ballots really does raise the question in so many people's minds, is this election going to be fair? Are we going to be able to trust the outcome? And in my opinion, that should incentivize voters, again, both sides of the aisle. You don't have to be Republican, don't have to be conservative to feel this way. It should incentivize voters to say, listen, we're going to have election integrity laws passed in states across the country. When it comes to California, do we want Gavin Newsom in charge of that or do we not? And the answer to that, if you look at the polls on voter ID, for example, the vast majority of voters in both parties support laws like voter ID that strengthen the integrity of our elections. Liz, I've got friends in California who consider themselves to be liberal, who have never voted for a Republican before and are so fed up with the school situation, they are moms and dads, that they have decided to vote for the recall so that Gavin Newsom is gone. How much of COVID fear, but also COVID uh, just fearlessness in that people think we need to get back to normal is going in your mind to implicate this vote? How many people are going to make their decision based on whether it's okay to pull rims off of uh, off of basketball hoops, whether it's okay to bring in sand and put it inside of all of the uh, all the different places where people are skateboarding? How much is COVID underlying the result here? It should underlie a lot of it. I mean, I, I lived in San Diego for almost a decade. And last year during COVID, um, I, the police literally kicked me out of a park. So let me paint this picture to you. It was a park, not a playground. This was a park in San Diego that's basically just a big grassy hill. I was sitting um, I was sitting on this hill at least 100 yards from anybody else. And police on a little ATV came up to me and said, listen, because of COVID, this park is closed. I guess oh my God. that was absolutely absurd. I mean, the only contact I had with any person was that police officer who was trying to enforce social distancing. But people in California have had experiences like I've had. The stories have been absolutely insane. There was a paddleboarder oh, yeah. in the ocean by himself who was arrested. We've all heard that story. We should be making decisions based on the, the tyranny that was unleashed in the name of COVID because it wasn't because of science. It wasn't because of the virus. It wasn't because of a pandemic. These politicians in California were taking advantage of people's fear, taking advantage of people feeling protective of their families and they unleashed this radical leftist ideology that i think we like i think we lost liz there but anyway the liz wheeler podcast you should do a uh, fantastic job they great. need to have I her mean, out I, making the case for, for gavin does, newsom being gone she does really good right i wanted her she was about to stick the landing you know yeah, and then, i know and then I know. all of a sudden the, the, the tv went dark you know You're like wait it's she's gonna hit it anyway liz does a great job the liz wheeler podcast go go check it out for sure you know clay you know, we like to do the, the upside and the downside of what's going on in this country. So on the one hand, you've got Governor, you know, slick back hair, uh, can't trust him as far as you can throw him. Newsom, on the other side, uh, 
You got it. You know, we're not trying to brush out the pom poms here because, you know, we can't really totally trust any politician. We got to even the ones we like. We got to hold them to account at all times because they have power. That's part of our job. But Ron DeSantis is kicking butt in Florida and we all know it. And he's done something. He's got something going now that I want to tell everybody about where, you know, that whole, oh, we're just going to mask up our kids because we feel like it anyway thing in the schools. That might get very expensive for some of these places. Yeah. And speaking of expensive, Buck. It's expensive if you have the wrong mortgage company. And our friends at American Financing, you know, they can save you up to $1,000 a month as we get ready to roll into the fall here, getting close to Halloween, getting close to Thanksgiving. Your kids are back in school. How much more is that costing you than maybe you anticipated? Maybe you're just recognizing you need to put your financial house in order. Right now, you can get hooked up in a big way. All you have to do is trust our friends at American Financing. Save up to $1,000 a month. These are the lowest rates for mortgages, 15 and 30 year of most of our lives. Buck, you and I both taking advantage of these rates in our own lives. What can people do out there to save up to $1,000 a month? I just, I just want to let that sit for a second, Clay. $1,000 a month. Okay, think of what that does for your budget. You know, you've been maybe running up some bills, some groceries, unexpected car repair. $1,000 a month every month because you have a better rate thanks to American financing. So trust me on this one. Call them now, 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109, or visit AmericanFinancing.net, American Financing, NMLS 182334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. 
Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Thursday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we are rolling through the issues of the day. And one of the things we got to fight for, unfortunately, Buck, is politicians who will fight for us, particularly as it pertains to the otherwise insane decisions being made by politicians all over this country. We're just talking with Liz Wheeler about Gavin Newsom and the decision in California and how it could change potentially the trajectory of how COVID is handled in this country, I would say the best elected official in terms of making decisions that Buck Sexton and I would probably be making if we were a governor of a state right now, looking at the data, being rational, not succumbing to fear porn, Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis is fighting battles that, frankly, a lot of other politicians won't fight, especially when you consider he's in a toss-up state. It's not like he's in a completely guaranteed state where the Republican candidate is going to win ever every gubernatorial election. And we keep talking about this, Buck. Think about how much different the country would look if Andrew Gillum had gotten elected governor of Florida in 2018 instead of Ron DeSantis. You would be doing this radio show with with uh, two masks on your face right now. That's <laughs> maybe not be. even allowed. Yeah, that's right. You would be doing it from home in a sealed off entity with two masks on and and like swimming in hand sanitizer. Let's listen to Ron DeSantis, who keeps fighting the battles that I think as many Republican politicians as we can find should be fighting. Here's DeSantis on standing up to his opponents. Yeah, I think it's been, I think it's in a rough time. I think there's people that have been infected or, or have been affected all across the state. And um, and I think it's been a really terrible thing. And I think the thing that we're trying to do is say, okay, what it was not being done, where was the gap? And the biggest gap was in the early treatment. So I am confident that there are going to be people that are now being availed of this uh, who are going to have better outcomes um, as a result of that. So that was on monoclonal antibodies, which, yes. which he was being they did the same. They went to the same playbook on this one, Clay, as they did when Ron DeSantis had Publix, which is, you know, an institution that everyone knows in Florida. Yes. Uh, and, and Publix was putting out the vaccines. They ran this. I think it was CBS. They they tried this whole 60 attack. minutes. Oh, yeah. 60, 60 minutes, minutes CBS. on CBS. Right. Yes. And they ran this whole attack piece and was total crap. I mean, just. The fact that it got through anyone who considers himself a journalist, they put it on air, is embarrassing, but they have no integrity to protect, so what difference does it make to them? They try the same thing here with monoclonal antibodies, as if as if trying to say, hey, vaccines are good for people who want to get them, and senior citizens, as we have always said, should get them if they can. I mean, unless their doctor says otherwise for a very specific reason. Um, but monoclonal antibodies work. They attacked him on this because ultimately attacking Ron DeSantis for a lot of journos is more important than people in Florida being healthy and living. I'm just going to say it. It's true that that matters to them more day to day in the way they approach these issues. 
And now he's got this other thing. Florida is going to start issuing $5,000 fines to businesses, schools, and government agencies that require people to show proof of a COVID-19 vaccination. You want to play games, local government? You want to play games, school boards? $5,000 you're going to get fined by the state. This is standing up for for normalcy and sanity with some teeth. And it's fighting back against this idea, which the Democrats and the Fauciites are trying to spread, which is you're either a hero or a villain based entirely on whether or not you've been vaccinated. They don't want to talk about anything other than were you or were you not were you not vaccinated? They won't talk about natural immunity. They won't allow you to even discuss treatment if you get COVID. Because we talked about to start the show, Joe Rogan shares his COVID treatment. Buck, you shared your COVID treatment. And it's as if you're not even allowed to mention anything other than whether or not you're vaccinated. That's all they care about. That's the entire sum total of their response to COVID. Get vaccinated. Nothing else from your health perspective matters. Anyone who says anything else is an enemy of the state and they want your grandma dead. That's their perspective. And unless we point out how absurd all this is, it never changes because not only are there a lot of Democrats who are just completely really disabled with anxiety in the way they approach these things. They like the power, Clay. And I think our caller, uh, I think it was yesterday Look, we have great callers all the time, and this is the smartest audience in talk radio listening to this show. But the caller who said they're going to use the perpetuation of the covid crisis in some capacity to change election rules for the midterms. I think that's I think that's spot on. They're going to try something like that. They're going I don't to. think there's any doubt. I mean, we just talked with Liz about the changes that are taking place right now as it pertains to voting in in uh, California. And I got to tell you, by the way, uh, it's a time to fight back and actually start sharing real American history and civics education that matters. How do we make sure that our kids are caught, taught the truth and who is going to teach the whole truth? Well, our friends at Hillsdale College argue and they teach the truth. They've made the Hillsdale 1776 curriculum downloadable for free at k12.hillsdale.edu. You can get it if you're a teacher, but also if you're just a regular guy or girl like us, so you can share it with other concerned Americans. K-12 through history and civics curriculum designed to give educators guidance, not mandates, gets kids the opportunity to learn about the tragedies and triumphs of American history as it really happened. It's important to me because I'm a history major myself. Only through a complete and honest study of our history can students fully understand the world in which they live. And you need to go download Hillsdale 1776 curriculum for free today at k12.hillsdale.edu. I think the relationship should be one very arm's length. Uh, the Taliban is not going to convert uh, into uh, a civilized uh, nation, certainly not overnight and within the foreseeable future. So I think we have to keep them at very arm's length, and I think we have to maintain communication with them from a military point of view to the extent we can. But also our intelligence community will have lines of communication open. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. There you had a former secretary of defense, William Cohen, who was saying we got to keep the Taliban at arm's length. This is going to be a big, a big deal, a, a big issue on the foreign policy front for a while now, because let's remember we left 
more than half of SIV uh, SIV recipients, and yes, first and foremost, we left over a hundred. And I, I've been talking to people that are still trying to work to get people out of Afghanistan. They believe that it's significantly more than just over a hundred. They think it's hundreds, but we don't we don't know. I mean, it's it's not not clear yet exactly what the number is. Uh, but we have to get them out. And Clay, we are entirely reliant right now on the Taliban letting these people get out, which means we're going to have a relationship with them. He says, uh, this guy, uh, Cohen, who was the defense secretary, that we're going to have intelligence uh, community contact with them, which, yeah, sure, that'll be. But I I think we're going to have to get used to the fact that there's going to be a lot of effort by the Taliban to try to present themselves as a semi-normal player in the international community, which is is mind-blowing, but I don't see a way around this, right? Because this is this is where you had them saying uh, in the last couple of days, I forget who the reporter was, but was trying to push a member of the administration, is the Taliban the enemy? And I understand, actually, why they're not going out saying, yeah, the Taliban's still our, our enemy, because we're having to ask them, because of the Biden calamity, to let us have our people back because the military was instructed to pull out. We did leave people behind. So, yeah, we're not going to be able to antagonize them. So it is in this bizarro world of, you know, a month ago we were ready to back our, you know, or at least verbally back our Afghan National Security Forces partners to go toe-to-toe with the Taliban, fight them. They're barbarians. They're going to – and now we're kind of like, well, we got to see what happens. And and what we've been saying from the get-go is, I just hope that we're not going to have a series of hostage-related crises involving the Taliban or ISIS-K or Al-Qaeda, any of the people that are sweeping in to be able to take over. And Buck, you know, you talk to a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people, one of the things that I'm hearing the most frequently is... The idea that the Taliban is a well-structured is going to I know it's going to shock a lot of people. The idea that the Taliban is a well-structured organization is laughable. You have a lot of essential feudal lords all over this country who depending on the city or the geographic region of Afghanistan have different degrees of control. And that matters because the upper echelon of the Taliban may be trying to rebrand effectively. Uh, as I saw Kat Temp, uh, who you did a show with recently on the Gutfeld show, talk about the rebrand of the new Taliban. You know, it's like New Coke or something. Like, hey, maybe don't stick with the name Taliban if you're going to try to rebrand and be something different than what you've already represented. But some places out there where the Taliban is in control are already establishing draconian controls. They're not allowing, for instance, girls to go to school after the sixth grade now in some parts of Afghanistan. They are dragging out people who are involved in entertainment in any way, executing them, right? And so to what extent is there going to be any kind of consistency that applies here? And how ridiculous is this going to make an already ridiculous administration in Joe Biden look, Buck, when all of these stories blow up. And if we have hostage crises or, God forbid, multiple hostage crises, it's just going to legitimize everyone who pointed out how absurdly catastrophic this entire policy has been. Even some Democrats realize that this is a mess still. A lot of them were saying it a week ago when the images came out because they were effectively running for cover themselves as politicians or as 
journos or pundits or whatever. Here's a Democratic rep, Ro Khanna, who's one of the more reasonable Democrats, I will say, out there in general. I do think there has to be accountability, Neil. I mean, as a member of Congress, I knew that the idea that the Afghan army was going to fight the Taliban successfully was foolish. We had generals come tell Congress over and over again, oh, we're winning, we're winning, the Afghan army's doing well. And then they go off record, as you know, or other journalists know, and say, no, we're not winning. So what I want to know is how is it possible that you had advice that the president of the United States thought that this Afghan army was actually going to successfully fight the Taliban? And were we that deluded about the corruption in the Afghan army, the sense that most people there were just doing it for a paycheck. They had no real allegiance and that the Afghan government never really had the consent or the attachment or loyalty of their people. We definitely need oversight over that. I mean, we're going to talk about oversight and we call for it here for accountability. But Clay, the only accountability comes with the Democrats taking a shellacking in the midterms, which we know is over a year away and a lot can change between now and then. No resignations, no fire. The only firing was the guy, the lieutenant colonel, yes. who said there should be accountability. It's the only guy that we know of who basically got uh, real consequences for all of this. And it just goes to show you that, you know, when, when Trump was in office, they're always talking about how he was undermining faith in our institutions. Nothing undermines faith in institutions quite so much as them failing catastrophically and then looking ever looking the American people in the eyes and saying, hey, we did a great job. I mean, it's like a kid that wrecks his dad's car who's like, look what a good driver I am. It's a good analogy. And also the analogy here is the Democrats are hoping that people have the memories of goldfish and that they're not going to be able to recall by 2022 how disastrous Afghanistan was in concert with all of the other Joe Biden administration failures. And I thought we had a good discussion about this too, Buck. Your argument, which I think is an interesting one, is that Biden is so bad right now, it's like he's crank, uh, cratering, and it's hard for him to go lower than he's already going right now. I mentioned that I was going to give us a uh, an update on the poll situation, I mean, these polls right now for Joe Biden, you know, and again, I understand people out there like, hey, you can't really trust polls because we know how wrong they were on Trump. But usually, Buck, polls are overstating right. the support it, for Democratic If a poll looks bad for a Democrat, it's right. really bad. That's right. And right now, uh, Joe Biden is underwater everywhere as you look at his overall poll results and he's underwater in places that should be i think this is significant in places that should be historically favorable to him politico morning consult this came out today disapproved joe biden we know rasmussen disapproves but the level of disapproval is crazy all the way down to 42 percent approval and in the uh npr poll down to 43% appro- approval for Joe Biden. I mean, he is cratering unlike any Democratic president of most of our lives. I feel concern over this just in so far. Well, here, the good side of it is that at least we're not living in an entirely parallel universe where that middle 10 to 15 or, as you said, 20% of Americans who are persuadable based upon the issue or the circumstances about who they'll vote for and what what they'll support, at least there is some reality that that is based on right like we're not living in a completely upside down world where they're like yeah joe biden great job in afghanistan we all know that's not true my concern here is just that 
And, and look, we're projecting a long ways out. But when you look at the Biden administration, where it is right now, I almost worry, Clay, that the American people will become numb to the ineptitude and failures of this administration. Like like the normalcy that Joe Biden promised us is manifesting itself through. Yeah, it's normal crappy normal but this is kind of the way things are and then they'll trot out all the the war on women and the insurrection and the socialism and all the usual nonsense and you know the shiny objects to distract the public from what's really important and really matters in this country and momentum as you know matters a whole lot in politics right it's not how you start it's how you finish on election day and also there's the fear out there buck that they may roll covid voting regulation ridiculousness into 2022 as well because by the time we get into spring of 2022 it's unlikely if you look at israeli or british data given their vaccination numbers that suddenly covid's going to be gone so they may try to use covid as an excuse yeah. in 22 just like they did in 20 and when there's another whole round of the mass vaccination campaign none of the people who were telling us this past spring get the shot and you're done are going to feel sheepish or they're all going right. to be like yeah that's right these are the new rules Shut up, peasant. Get your shot. That's what every six saying. months for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, I just went through this process with Legacy Box and it couldn't be any easier. And it worked exactly as it's supposed to. Legacy Box sent me a box. I put some photos from when I was a kid. I used to go to different sports camps. Also stuff from when I was in high school because, you know, we didn't have these digital phones then that we could all take photos with. So I had some old photos. Now they're all on a thumb drive. I send them to my brothers. I share them with people. It's so much more fun than I ever thought. Legacy Box is the company that takes your old family photos, films, video, and puts them into digital files, DVDs, or thumb drives so those memories can be preserved forever. I've got a little thumb drive now that's got all those photos on it. I've uploaded them. I've got them in my phone. Just trust Legacy Box. They do this process so well. They'll digitize your aging tapes, films, and photos. You share all those moments, and then they send it, Clay, right back to you in a box and they're offering 50 percent off right now at legacybox.com slash buck so let's have everybody out there turn those memories into a highlight reel there's no doubt at all you can sign up yourself at legacybox.com slash clay take advantage of a limited time offer 50 percent off honor the moments that have shaped your family again trust these guys like we trust them and take advantage of their exclusive offer today and use their kit wherever and whenever you are ready. Let them hook you up at LegacyBox.com slash Clay. 50% off one more time as you roll into Labor Day weekend. How about taking control of your family's history? 50% off at LegacyBox.com slash Clay. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. 
Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in final segment of Thursday. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us, Buck. I'm fired up. College football season is officially here. I've been doing the show from Knoxville. We got a lot of fans up here in Knoxville. Lots of people who are listening to the show. Been meeting them all throughout the day. And uh, I'm about to head out tailgate. Have an awesome time. I can't wait. Dude, I'm excited, too, just to join you for that one game because everyone tells me, uh, you know, it's going to be great. They're like, Buck, you'll love it. The food's amazing. You know, maybe you'll find a wife. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? You know, what's going on? What are we talking about here? But anyway. uh, I wanted to have a little bit of fun here with this story as we roll out the show. I, my kids play video games all the time. And, Buck, you like to play video games. Like, this is, uh, you're a big fan. Can, can I, I, I just, just confess but... something right now? I haven't played video games now in months because I hadn't played in about 10 years. Yep. And then during the pandemic, Everybody's one of my brothers down. who moved to Florida gave me his PS4. I got so good at the FIFA soccer game oh, yeah. it's great that game. I made it to tier one of the ten tiers playing online. <laughs> uh, it was bad, so I had to stop, Clay. I had Did to you stop. wear your headset and like talk trash to the 15-year-olds you were beating up on all over the world? Can neither confirm nor yeah, deny, that's, Mr. That's Travis. Amazing. So my kids play video games all the time. I grew up playing video games. No great shock. Uh, my kids, by the way, favorite games. They love Madden. They love the big show. Uh, which is the MLB game. They like FIFA. They play Minecraft. They play uh, Fortnite. I mean, like a lot of parents out there, they would play as much as they can. This is kind of crazy because I'm now lecturing my kids. Remember when you were young, Buck, did your parents ever say, finish your meal? You know, there's kids all over China who are not getting as much food as they want to eat. That was at least what I was told when I was a kid. Did you ever get that lecture? Uh, yeah, something like that. No, I, I think that was a staple. Every finish your food. There are kids all was over it China. China, but they said China. They said China in particular. They huh. don't have enough to eat. I think. Well, they used to have famines back in the day before we started letting them kick our ass. Well, that was Mar- that was Marxist induced. But anyway, that's a whole other yes. story. Uh, so China is now cracking down. This is amazing in terms of the authority that the Chinese government is undertaking. They are limiting everyone under the age of eighteen. They are making them register to play online, and they are allowing 
only three hours of video games over the weekend, and they aren't allowed to play video games at all during the week because they uh, they are convinced that kids in China are playing too much time on spending too much time on video games, and they that's how draconian their control is now, Buck. They are not allowing kids under 18 to play video games basically during the week at all online where you have to register with your real name. This is, this is, I think, an interesting larger societal story about what's going on in China, the amount of control they're exerting over their people. I'm amazed also that in some places, including here in the, U, in the U.S., there is this whole culture of and, and i admitted that i i mean i've got i had to like stop playing the video games you know get to the gym more get more sleep important things post-covid uh post lockdown but th- there are people that are celebrities from playing video games oh. and people in large numbers and for people listening to this i'm sure a lot of them i didn't even know this until the last couple of years myself, oh yeah esports is monstrous viewership of other people playing video games i guess at a, at a very high level i mean we probably should start a clay and buck call of duty team because we could have a lot of fun with that because you know you yes. can do these massive multiplayer games i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty handy with the shotgun folks but nonetheless it's one of these uh one of these things where the chinese government is clearly cracking down as part of a policy to make their kids do more homework i guess right like that's really what this is about it's true and what's funny is i know there are a lot of people out there who are like me And you're like, man, I hate everything that China represents. But then you see this story and you're like, "Eh, you know what? You know, kids not playing video games and instead learning their timetables and uh, and not focusing on, you know, that idiot uh, L.A. school union who came out and said, oh, we don't worry about our kids being in school because they learned what a riot was and they learned what an insurrection was. And you're like, are you kidding? China at least when it comes to education, is not screwing around. And I just think this is an interesting subset here because to what extent is there going to be a rebellion against control like this that is existing inside of China? Can can I put something out there, Clay, that we should definitely return to? Because we talk about China, and it's obviously the primary challenge to U.S. hegemony around the world. But some of the practices that we see going on in China, the extreme surveillance state and the social credit yes. system, Australia, one of the in Australia right now, one of the uh, states or provinces, whatever it is, um, has rolled out an app where at any moment you have 15 minutes to take a photo of yourself and it uses facial recognition to determine that you're in the place you say you are as part of the covid lockdowns. This mentality to- is coming to the West. We need to get next week. Let's put the pin in this for next week. We need to get some people on from Australia who are speaking out against what's going on there because I think Australia is representative of what might have happened in the United States without people like Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, Bill Lee, governors who pushed back in our country because the Democrats wouldn't have stopped with their COVID restrictions. It is end-stage Fauciism in a culture. I mean, you and I, everyone loves Aussies. Everyone loves Australia. You would expect the exact opposite. Uh, By the way, Clay is going to be out tomorrow, so you'll be hearing from Mr. Travis on Monday. I'll be at the helm solo tomorrow, but we wish uh, Clay a very... I was going to say like a merry weekend, but that's really for Christmas. So what's up? Oh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, maybe, Tuesday. maybe Monday. It's Labor Day. We'll see if there's major news. I may be on. We'll see what happens. You're, You're going to hold the ship Clay down. Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. I just didn't want, you know, I forgot.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.